0: Robbie Knox here, landlord of the moon underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the moon underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there.
1: everyone, welcome back to part two of The Moon Underwater with Greg James. I am John Robbins, landlord of this fabled inn, (laughs) and uh, tonight we're delighted to have broadcaster, presenter, cricket enthusiast, podcaster, Greg James with us. And Greg, we're just obsessed with wine, for
2: goodness (laughs) sake, aren't we? I'm pleased that we're finally all talking about it.
1: Yeah, we're we're talking the same language, and that language is Elvino.
3: I think we finally got a catchphrase about like fifty episodes into the podcast. Obsessed with wine.
1: Hashtag obsessed with <laughs> yeah, wine. Yeah,
3: it's great.
2: O O W W. Yeah.
1: Oscar whiskey whiskey. <laughs> like it, like it. Uh, so Greg James's pub that he is creating here at the Moon Underwater is a classic tacky pub with a nicotine ceiling, a red carpet. And the house doubles displayed on luminous card cut into the shapes of irregular stars.
3: <laughs> he has
1: all <laughs> he has already said the special phrase "retract the malbec," as his uh, choices are old hooky, four point six percent on draft, Guinness on draft, Montepeluccino reasonably priced, and also. One of the most respected rose brands on earth, (laughs) Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's rose. eh? (laughs) Like it. Before we continue furnishing his dream tavern, Robin, 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 Robin. You were talking about booze in films. You only gave us cues. How about you bring around some A's? Period
3: A's. Let's see how you all did. This week's quiz, it was about booze in films, as John said. Question one was, in the 1958 war film Ice Cold in Alex, what lager does John Mills drink at the end of the film and what looks like the most unbelievably refreshing beer that has ever existed? Greg, are you familiar with the film? I must say, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. Really? No A's from me. No A's. John, how did you get on with that? Um, I don't think I've seen Ice Cold in Alex. But you must know the scene. I don't think I do know the scene. Really,
1: I'm, I'm not 70 years old. It's quite <laughs> famous because it was
3: used in an advert for the brand.
1: What in 1956? In the 80s. Oh, yeah. um, I'm gonna say. Do you know what? My instinct, my gut instinct, was Skull. Okay. But
3: I've, I'm gonna say Heineken. Heineken. If you could hazard a guess, Greg. Probably Heineken. It's Carlsberg. Oh, It's Carlsberg. It's an amazing scene. Like he's hot and sweaty, and the beer is erotically <laughs> kind of <laughs> poised, just dripping with condensation. It's beautiful. Would you say he's obsessed with beer? He's obsessed with beer. Absolutely, is. Uh, question two: Sideways. So have you, have you not seen Sideways? You, you'd love that, Greg. If you're obsessed with wine,
2: I haven't seen Sideways. I uh, look, I'm learning a lot today. I'm learning that session is is uh, is under four point five. 5. Um,
3: there's a Carlsberg involved Sideways, tell me about Sideways It's about a guy, two guys um, They're kind of going on the stag party For It's just the two of them They go out to the wine country And there's a lot of really good info about wine And it's also very, very funny okay. as The kind of stag party sort of falls apart Great phrase in it, don't go to the dark side I'm Telling his friend not to <laughs> Conversationally, you know when you're getting a bit drunk Don't go to the dark side <laughs> Love that, I say that quite often John, do you recall Sideways? Yes, I've seen it
1: once. I really liked it. I I know his least favourite, because the question was, what's his most and his least favourite wine? Yeah. I know the least favourite, because that's in quite a lot of scenes. That's
3: a Merlot, isn't it? Yes, I'm not drinking Merlot. That's the the famous line, yeah. He doesn't like Merlot, but can you remember his favourite? Um... I'm going to guess
1: that it is uh Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a Pinot Noir. Oh, I nearly said Pinot
3: Noir. Yeah, it's Pinot Noir. It's his
2: favorite. See, that's that's my least favorite. I'm
3: not I'm not sure I get on with this film. No. <laughs> it's you should watch it. It's very very funny. And um 3 in Casablanca, the film. You've seen Casablanca, surely. Everyone's seen Casablanca. Yeah. Anything, yeah. yeah. Don't remember the drinks though. Wait, well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Good, good p, pee, good p. Um, the the cocktail they drink is a French seventy five. So, what do you think a French seventy five is?
1: Well, it's got I reckon French. So, is it got vermouth in it?
3: No. Any egg? Any earth? No, no earth, no earth. Well, French. So, what are the French
1: absinthe?
3: No, there is another famous French drink that's in it. Though. Mm. Uh, is it? Jura S- de S- Stella Ar- <laughs> Stella Artois. <laughs>
4: that's
3: Belgian, isn't it? Oh, oh shit. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I'll put you out of your miseries It's champagne and gin, basically Oh, Champagne Ooh, and gin with, That'll
2: get you where you need yeah, to
3: go With lemon juice and sugar I think I'd be quite into that, oh. you know Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, should yeah, go yeah, for yeah, the yeah, rocket yeah, field The drink apparently dates to World War One. The combination was said to have such a kick That it felt like being shelled with the powerful French 75mm field gun So there we go <laughs> oh <my> God, that's <laughs> that's <great. laughs> I was not expecting yeah, that to be what factoid. the name was <laughs> yeah so there we go. Very well done. If you have got those at home,
1: great quiz, Robin. Thank you so much for enlightening us on booze in films. Uh, but we return to Greg James's dream pub, and oh, who's oh, that ghostly apparition at the door? It's your spirit choices, <laughs> uh, Greg. What are your two spirits, and
2: are you a spirit drinker? Because not everyone is. I am. I'm going to go for a, uh, the first one. I'm going to go for is a is a nice whiskey because I do like a whiskey. And I'm going to go for a Nikka whiskey, a Japanese whiskey. Ooh, nice. Which, uh, when I was having a minor breakdown after a breakup, I decided to take myself to Tokyo on my own. Wow. <laughs> oh, one of those. lost in nice. translation. Kind of exactly momentally. that. It's yeah. as pathetic as that, <laughs> that I did actually go to that hotel bar
3: and sit where Bill Murray sat. Did you
1: really? Yes. Yeah, I don't mind that at all The thing is, you
3: see, you see, Lost in Translation is dated quite a bit now, it has its critics but I still really like that film, I think it's brilliant Yeah, it is an amazingly well put together
2: film and it's sort of beautiful and iconic in, in that way I haven't watched it for a few years, maybe I should watch it with with 2022 Vision
1: Oh, what a lovely turn of phrase
2: <laughs> Thanks
1: <laughs> That That's superb <laughs> <laughs> I... You, I tell you what, Greg, you are you are full of class. <laughs> I'm going to use that
2: 2022 vision. Yeah. Please, please um, enjoy it. It's it, it's to be enjoyed.
1: I will do. I have to say, I every when I watched Lost in Translation, it was one of those films where all all the right things were there for me to love it and i just did not like it at
3: all i think it's it's got subtle powers i think i think it's i mean obviously it's about you know lost in translation is the name of it but there are so many bits where people kind of get cut off like bill murray's talking to his wife and she hangs up before he says i love you there's a lot of that going and obviously the famous scene at the end where you can't hear what's being said there's a lot of that going on. I think it's really beautifully done. I'd really watch anything with Bill Murray in it, though. Yeah, I just anything yeah. that
2: he's in is one of those things that I would just have to see. But yeah, I did a, a <laughs> pretty pathetic trip to that hotel bar. And I sat there, and they knew exactly what I was doing. (laughs) 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 And and so I set set the camera up on the next table, and I've got the photo. But I really enjoyed it. It was a a sort of, you you know, you sometimes need to punch yourself in the face when you're, you know, feeling awful. So
1: this Nikka whiskey, is it N-I-K-K-A? Yes. And does it come in a sort of quite delightful, oblong, lozenge-shaped
2: Medicine glass style yeah. bottle. There's, there's. I, I don't, I don't have any specifics. I'm not a, a connoisseur of of Nikka, but just anything really. So one of those, and it's just delicious. And the Japanese whiskies are pretty well thought of. These if days. you could
3: compare a Japanese whiskey to a Scottish. Or Irish whiskey. I, I mean, do, is there a style they particularly resemble, or are they very, very varied?
2: Great they're question. very varied, I think, and I'm really not the person to ask, but I do know that there was a concerted effort a few years ago to essentially buy a load of barrels from Scotland mm. and and really learn how to do it properly in Japan, and that's why they're so good at it because they just became obsessed with it, and um, now it's imported all over the world. Exported, sorry.
1: Uh, I was watching a documentary about uh, whiskey. I'm not a whiskey drinker myself, but I'm interested in the sort of tradition of it. And not only were they buying the barrels, they were buying up entire sort of enormous copper still units right. from Scotland, getting them dismantled and shipped over at enormous cost, like insane amounts of money from sort of Scottish distilleries who were sort of maybe upgrading their stuff or had a, an old one or whatever. So it's quite... I. I think they definitely they take it probably as seriously as they do in Scotland. They just don't necessarily have that sort of history, and yeah, often yeah. what you are buying with whiskey is the age and the years and the sort of
2: you know centuries of of experience and care. It's a, a bit like when the hospital radio station that I worked at they inherited an old desk from Five Live. And they were very, very excited about it. And they would hang around outside the BBC and go, "Can we have your old desk?" <laughs> and that was, very, I mean, it's very exciting. And we did make the, we made the most of it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I think our old, our old live one, one basically had sort of whiskey barrels as the. <laughs> they got the wrong were one. you thinking
1: yeah. like this? This might have Simon Mayo's sweat on this fader. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's what I
2: hoped. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's got uh, um, Ellie Oldroyd um, remnants.
1: Oh. One of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. Best person in the world. Queen of tailenders. She is. Uh, when I went to watch um, England, Australia at the Oval, I took some champagne up to, because I know Zaltzman from the, from obviously from comedy. And I took a bottle of champagne up for Zaltzman and one for Ellie. And I went on Ellie's sort of little, five live um summary she's doing and I knocked the champagne on her notes Greg. <laughs> she was so sweet about it she was so nice oh that Love was what lady. a moment what a moment um your second spirit choice please Greg
2: Okay so next to the Nicker oh, I'm I'm gonna go for a novelty.
1: Ooh
2: and it's and I do class this as a novelty spirit. It's Baileys. Oh, yes. Now, I had never really understood Baileys until the pandemic started. <laughs> and the first Christmas in the pandemic, somebody got me a big bottle of Baileys. And I just, I just haven't looked back. And there was a point in the really sad lockdown last January where it bled into the first week of going back into my show of having... <laughs> of having a Bailey's coffee before I left the house whoa oh holy Moses Mm. and I and I tried to make a joke of it but then I was sort of I was sort of caught out in the cold light of day by my wife Bella who just said you know it's not actually funny if you're doing that every day (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it was my it was my coping strategy for that that sad time where you know it was the it was the worst. Can
1: can you take us through? Because I'm guessing you've tried different iterations. What's the? How do you make the
2: perfect Bailey's coffee? You just use it. You just use it like milk. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you just go through life and you go where there's milk, there's now Bailey's. That's really where where it, and it's and it's and it's not any more complicated than that.
3: Bailey's on cereal. Would you go there? I I'll be good I on did, cocoa pops.
2: I've, I flirted with it but yeah. there's, I think the volume, there's volume problems there. Yeah. There? It's, the problem with Baileys is it's deceptive and it is actually 17%. Yeah. Yeah. Now you say it, a bowl of Baileys does sound quite troubling, doesn't it? <laughs> bowl of Baileys is sort of take you off air yeah. levels, isn't it? Yeah. Cup is, you know, fine, under the radar. Yeah.
1: Comedian and chef George Egg has a lovely way of making coffee where he uses, you know, those little stove top sort of uh, Italian espresso machines. I
2: I use those, yeah, yeah. So it's
1: half that and then half evaporated milk or condensed milk. Oh, but that with Baileys, half and half with very strong espresso would be absolutely delish deloche.
2: It is delicious. It is delicious. And I recommend it highly in moderation.
1: Right. We've got your spirits, Nicker, Whiskey and Baileys. uh, But we do head over now to enlighten ourselves a little bit uh, with the lovely Robin Allender's Moon Underwater
3: Pub Library. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library where every week we enter a new book into the on onto the shelves of the pub. Um this week this is going back a bit, actually. When I, when we first started doing this, I did a tweet saying, "Can anyone recommend, you know, books about pubs that I can do on the pub library for the Moon Underwater?" And um, there's a brilliant blog which is based in Bristol. Uh, there's a, it's a couple, Jessica Boke and Ray Bailey. They're called Boke and Bailey, and they've got this website which is kind of a blog about beer and pubs. And they did, they responded to my tweet with a whole post. Of books about uh, pubs and novels featuring pubs and everything, but yeah, really, definitely check out their website. It's great. They're based in Bristol. Often they're often to be found in the Drapers Arms, lovely little pub. But there are some brilliant suggestions on there from Dickens, Hardy, uh, Patrick Hamilton, of course, and today's entry, which is P.G. Woodhouse. Lovely. How how do how do you feel about Woodhouse? My hero, my literary hero. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Brilliant. Written anything ever? Yeah really oh amazing
1: the thing with P.G. Woodhouse is so I've never read any P.G. Woodhouse are you kidding me
2: everyone <laughs> who has read him is obsessed with him
3: I think he'd be very up your street
2: oh John. my god John it's the most you think you would love can I, can I recommend sorry I'm just I'm totally no no go for it please in, please. please. Here. Um, no. Uncle Dynamite one,
3: one of the most amazing uh, little stories from P.G. Woodhouse that's okay, great. so great. Well, the, but the thing I'm reading today is a short story. So he had, a he obviously wrote Jeeves and Worcester and everything, but he had, a, he had a character called Mister Mulliner, um, and there's a whole, he wrote a whole load of short stories about Mister Mulliner, uh, or Mulliner, Mister Mulliner, and he was a he's a kind of pub raconteur, and his local was the fat, sadly fictional Angler's Rest, and they're very very funny stories because all the the regulars in the pub are kind of known by what they drink. So there's a, a guy called Tankard of Ale and stuff like that. But this is just a little, little passage from a story, a Mr Mulliner story called The Story of Cedric. I've heard it said that the cosy piece which envelops the bar parlour of the angler's rest has a tendency to promote in the regular customers a certain callousness and indifference to human suffering. I fear there is something in the charge... We who have made the place our retreat Sit sheltered in a backwater Far removed from the rushing stream of life We may be dimly aware that out in the world There are hearts that ache and bleed But we order another gin and ginger And forget about them Tragedy to us has come to mean merely the occasional flatness of a bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice. But it's like, I was going to just try and read like loads of this story because it, 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 he is just so funny. He's like, it's, it feels so modern and contemporary. He's so funny. It's unbearably brilliant. funny, actually. A lot love yeah. it. And it, it's the most, it's my favourite thing to read
2: whenever I'm feeling sad. I That's brilliant. It's very, really weird that you bring that up because I was, the last week I, to, I finished an introduction for a new... They asked me to do an introduction for for the a new Miss um, Uncle Dynamite, oh, wow. and it was just so fun to go back and reread a lot of them. And John, please go and read some PG Woodhouse. Finally, have you have you read any of those that
3: Mister Mulliner? ones?
2: I actually haven't read many of them. I've mainly re- I've read a lot of Jeeves and Worcester, and I'm
3: sort of yeah. getting getting through the um, the ones that feature Uncle Fred now. Yeah, but he's just he's just wrote so much. It's like insane how many stories there are. Yeah, I,
1: I did. I think I actually. I remember my ex's dad had a... Uh, was obsessed with P.G. Woodhouse, but had a sort of uh, collection of them by the bed, and I read one about a game of cricket. A short story, I think. I don't think it was a Jeeves and Worcester, but did he write quite a lot about cricket?
2: Yeah, he did write a bit about cricket, yeah. yeah, yeah. And golf. Yeah, golf as well.
1: Oh, now we're, now we're cooking <laughs> <Yeah>. on gas. <laughs>
3: But yeah, that was the that was the nicest bit I could find of that about, about actually the Angler's Rest, this pub in there. So I thought I'd read that bit out. But it's very good, very funny. So that's that's um, PG Woodhouse's. Uh, the story of Cedric from the Mr Mulliner speaking collection. There's a lot of pubs, a lot of bars, a lot of
2: restaurants isn't there in Peter Woodhouse mm. as well, so it'd be right up your street I'd say.
1: Well thank you very much uh, to Robin for this week's pub library but also thank you to Greg for that recommendation of Uncle Dynamite and I shall await the edition with your introduction sir.
3: And also yes, yeah, so we'll post out a link to that uh, blog post from Boken Bailey because there were some brilliant suggestions on there which I probably will raid in future episodes as well. So,
1: But Greg we don't just have a library here, we we also have a jukebox, and on it we place the sort of the dream pub soundtrack of all of our guests. So we invite you now to place an album of your choice on the Moon Underwater Pub jukebox. <laughs> What's it going to be?
2: I found this incredibly difficult, like a lot of your guests do. Um, what I was going to do was that I was going to choose uh, a, an album that that my dad used to perform because he was in a pub band. Oh, well no, we can definitely have that. And and it was it was, I was as I was thinking about all this this afternoon, I thought, well when when was my what are my first pub memories and it was watching my dad in a band and I think you'll love the the name of the band. It was Tax Not Applied For.
1: Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Very nice. Is that that must be like a common tax phrase that's no longer really in
2: common usage? I think it's a really 80s early 90s phrase. Uh, what kind of band was it was well it was kind of it, it was band? yeah it was guitar it was guitar-y um, yeah I guess yeah pop pop rock soft, soft tax rock
1: tax not applied for I just think it's, it's, and it's
2: so beautifully clunky yeah. yeah tax not applied for and the um, and I actually asked my dad I said what was the name of the of the album that I used to play because it was on a cassette and I used to play it because I used to love hearing my dad sing I thought it was really fun and all his mates would come round and they'd rehearse and stuff and um, so the band the album is called 133 and fighting fit nice and i said what's what's the 133 and he said the title came from a bloke we met in a pub in Robin Hood's Bay who boasted that he was 133 pounds and fighting fit <laughs> very good well, that's great so, so was it covers or was it their own stuff no it was their own stuff it was their own stuff yeah there was a there was a i think there was a song called um, Arthur's beacon uh, because uh, Arthur was the man who ran the pub in Bromley called the Beacon. <laughs> there was a song called the Laundrette. <laughs> there was one. There was one that my
3: sister was on. It was. It was amazing. No, that's brilliant. That's a. I think of all the pubs in history, I'd like to go to. I think in the mid seventies in London, when the whole pub rock thing was kicking off, you know, like Doctor Feelgood and all that. I reckon that would have been s- such an exciting time. Yeah. Like just before punk and everything like it was a bit huge scene like Dire Straits I'd love Some to stuff. Have, yeah Dire Straits came from that scene yeah I'd love to have been in been you know been to one of those gigs it would have been pretty. but I think
2: that's probably why one of the reasons why we love pubs so much because it's they're so rooted in music and comedy and you know pub, pub comedy is often really fun and you know upstairs at a pub is always great to go come yeah. watch comedy or I guess to, to do it as well and Uh, yeah music as well and lots of bands start out there and just it feels like um just feels like a great place to be fun
1: also i think it like
2: uh, not to be sort of too grandiose about it
1: but performing comedy or poetry or music in a pub has been happening in this country for 1500 years Mm. maybe (laughs) 2000 years yeah so, like, the the oldest poem, well, one of the oldest poems in English, Beowulf, it's not just a poem about people in pubs that would have been recited in pubs, but it's a version of a poem that is now long lost that would have been 600 years before Beowulf. Hmm. So our, our oldest texts are related to someone in a mead hall, you know, the centre <laughs> of a village community, yeah. the centre of a tribe or a clan, the one place where it was warm and you could get food and drink, holding court and, you know, standing up and telling their tale or playing their instrument.
2: So it's sort of a... What? What? There's, what the fuck, yeah. What
3: the <laughs> fuck? Um, but
2: You're, you're right, They're, they are magical places where actually you can... You, I feel my my true self in a pub, and I guess my dad did as well. you know he was, as you said, a teacher, so wasn't really <laughs> able to sing too much in class, but loved performing and wanted to do that and him and his mates I, I imagine had the time of their lives doing it because mm. it's just it's just fun, isn't it
1: and where where else could you say, apart from probably in churches, the same thing has been happening in this building or in buildings like this for two thousand years? You know, most sports didn't exist before the
3: sort of Victorian era. Yeah, but I love that. Even in our own lifetimes, I love that pubs kind of have different meanings at different times in your life. You know, like being at uni and going to the Jericho Tavern in Oxford, and then years later being in a band that played there, and then, you know, seeing you do stand-up there. Or, you know, it. I just, I, I love that. You know, I remember watching England play Greece in the 2002 World Cup qualifying match there, you know, at uni. And then to go back and do a gig there just felt quite sort of magical, you know.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Everybody in
2: your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
0: Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you are due part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.
1: We move to your final choice, Greg. So far, in your classic tacky pub, we have nicotine ceilings and a red carpet. We have Malbec Retracted. Thank the Lord. <laughs> we also have Old Hooky and Guinness on draft. Montepetulo... Mm, <laughs> Montepuliciniano. A reasonably priced Italian red. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's Rose. We have Nicker Whiskey. Bailey's. We also have 133 and Fighting Fit, the exactly. uh, highest charting album of tax not applied for on the jukebox.
2: <laughs> Seminar. album. Uh,
1: but what do we? What's your wild
2: card choice? My wild card choice will be the aforementioned chicken game where you catch the wooden egg in a basket. Oh, okay, nice, don't nice, mind nice. it. Do you remember the name of the game? I feel like it might have been called Chucky Egg. But that, I think that's also a. I think that might also be an old computer game.
1: Isn't that, Isn't that a meal Alan Partridge likes? Chucky no, egg.
2: Chucky egg. Yeah. Doesn't his <laughs> Doesn't his mum make it for him, or something? Yeah. Or his gran. To make me Chucky egg. Chucky um, egg game. Yeah, maybe maybe it's called Chucky egg, but or, or catch, or maybe the snappily titled Catch the wooden egg in the plastic basket. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: we're going for Chucky egg game, I think.
2: Yeah, we'll go for that.
1: You're barred. Now we move on to your ability as the landlord of your own pub of the mind to ban or bar anything or activity or behaviour that really gets your goat when
2: you're in a pub. So what would you what would you have your one
1: rule for your
2: pub? I I don't want to go down the route of 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 banning the television because I think that's it's it's a cliche and I really like having sport on in a pub. I think I would ban. Ideally, you'd sort of you wouldn't want the volume to be on for football. Okay, that would be my that would be my one thing because I just think it it changes the atmosphere in a in a bad way.
1: Do you know? I think that's such a great point. I wonder how much of our annoyance at screens
2: in pubs would be allayed by just turning the volume off. Mm. It, there's a there's a horrible. It's because it has to be so loud to get over the the level of the chat that the sort of the effects Mike, is really anxiety inducing. Mm. And you just hear, it's just, it's so loud. You almost don't need it. You, yeah.
1: I have a very fond memory. I used to live on a road called Cold Harbour Road in Bristol in a shared house with six, seven other people. And the last day that you could smoke in pubs coincided with England in the World Cup. Uh, 2020 World Cup it was, and we were disastrous. And I remember watching Michael Vaughan leaving balls (laughs) in the 2020 World Cup, thinking, why, what are you doing in this team? What are you doing now? I mean, what do you think this game is? But part of me was sort of, it was really blissful because I was smoking. I don't, you know, I gave up smoking a while ago, but... Smoking my last cigarettes that I would ever smoke in a pub on a Sunday afternoon. Watching the cricket, and the sound was on, but it was okay because it was like an afternoon setting of watching cricket. Whereas I think there's something about, especially football commentary, and the sound of the, or the sound of the fans. It's so sort of like it riles everyone up. Yeah. Whereas sort of cricket commentary, more so back then. The now on telly was much more sort of calm and they would often let passages of play just take place without really saying anything. But God, yeah, that image of Michael Vaughan leaving balls outside off stump in a 2020 match, thinking... <laughs> I
3: mean, I don't know what that means, but, you know, it sounds <laughs> if, if, jolly yeah. awful. <laughs> if we
1: don't win this, we're out.
3: Yeah. That was, that was his last cigarette as well.
1: <laughs> Hurry up, please. It's time. Uh, we thank you so much greg for joining us it's been a real pleasure to chat to you but we cannot let you take this pub away with you without giving it a name so what are we going to call it
2: it has to be called the tail ender's arms
1: oh i was th- i actually nearly said at the start a good name for pub would be the tail end
2: yeah well, the tail ender i guess you could do it. the tail ender maybe the tail ender's arms or tailender uh, i'll leave that up to you but Something to do it maybe maybe the tailender is nice as a as a pub the
1: tailender yes oh and it would be a great pub to go to on the last the last pub
2: on a crawl and there's something nice about the tail end because the tailender sort of, sort of is quite a, a lonely figure the tailender but you could have it gives it quite a nice personality I think
1: well thank you so much the tailender. Almost, it would be quite fitting if, say, there was five or six pubs quite close and then you had to walk 20 minutes to get to the tail ender. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that everyone went to, to uh, finalise finalize their pub crawl. Um, we're about to let you go back to the other realm, uh, Greg. We would love to play you out with a song from 133 and Fighting Fit by Tax Not Applied For. However, we can't do that unless you're able to supply us with a recording.
2: I can try my very best. My dad might have a cassette somewhere which I could I could maybe rip into my laser display screen. Well,
1: Greg, we wish you all the very best and please can we see you again to do a wine comparison? of the greatest cricketing wines.
2: I think it would be so fun because as, as we all know, we're all obsessed with wine.
1: We're obsessed. I'm <laughs> bloody obsessed with
2: wine, me. <laughs> this has been really fun. I really love this. Thank you for inviting
3: me to the moon underwater. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you,
1: Greg. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wee! <laughs> Standing by the fireside
0: Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you to do part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.